Brace yourself and buckle up. You are about to hear a life-changing, history-making, world-defining message from the New Birth Podcast. Tell everybody you know, things will never be the same. Would you open your Bible apps and join me in Judges chapter 6? As that every person is standing reverence for the word of God judges chapter 6 judges chapter 6 I want to illumine for your understanding verse 12 judges chapter 6 verse 12 When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. He said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to preach for a little while today using as a subject, I don't want to let myself down. I don't want to let myself down. Would you look at the person beside you and say to your neighbor, would you please pray for me? Look at me now and say, would you please pray for me? I just don't want to let myself down. If that's you, would you give God glory right now? I just don't want let myself down. A college in Canada recruited 120 students to conduct research analysis, half of whom ranked high in the area of self-esteem. The other half were deemed to have low self-esteem. They were all told that they had 20 minutes to solve word puzzles. They had 20 minutes to solve word puzzles. However, before they were seated, they were broken into groups of 40. It's 120 students, and they're broken into groups of 40. The first 40 were told you are about to do well on this test. Write down the reason why you're going to do well. The next 40 were told, you are going to do poorly on this test. And were instructed, write the excuse why you are going to do poorly. The last 40 were told absolutely nothing. The test came back. And those who were told that they were going to do well scored higher 
than the other two groups. The group that was uh, informed that they were going to do poorly did lower than the other two groups. Those who were told nothing languished at a point called average. The results underscored the impact of self-esteem on performance. Henry Ford, the founder of the Ford Motor Company said, there are two types of people, those who think they can, those who think they can't, and they are both right. What we believe limits us or empowers us. I'm here to tell you that before you encounter your next test, God sent you in this moment so that you can hear before the next test of your life. God wanted you to know you are going to do well. It doesn't matter what comes to test you, whether it's a physical challenge, a marriage challenge, a family challenge, or a financial challenge, you are going to do well on your next test. And when they ask you, why did you know you were going to do well? Tell them the answer is, I can do all things through Christ. Which strengthens me, if God be for me, who can be against me? Believing in yourself, believing in yourself makes you confident of your abilities, helps you to recognize your strengths, helps you to be cognizant of your weaknesses, to love yourself without apology. It means you're fully convinced that with the right opportunity, you can achieve. In a fair environment, you will excel. Your gift is your flex. Your anointing is your superpower. Your talent is your secret sauce. Your inner strength is what makes you indomitable. When faced with a roadblock that pops up in your mind, your heart kicks into overdrive and you just keep going. People have no idea if you even had a smidgen of a fair chance, you would go to the top. But life has done everything to try to push you down, but somehow you keep soaring back up. That is evidence that God is with you. Isn't it amazing that folk call you arrogant and they don't know I got here off nothing? That folk think that they know you, but they don't understand I survived with no support system with nobody that believed in me but me they got no idea I had to depend on myself when everybody else depended that I would fail but God is the source of my strength and you think I'm gonna sit in God's house and act like he didn't have to let me live he gave me the car I drive the house I live in the job that I have and a reasonable portion of strength. When you don't believe in yourself, 
When you don't believe in yourself, you become an extremist terrorist of self-sabotage. Blowing up everything that you have been commissioned to build. When you don't believe in yourself, if you're not careful, you'll belittle yourself into believing you are lazy. When the truth of the matter is you are not lazy, you are just not motivated. You don't understand whether the risk is worth the effort. Because every time you take two steps forward, there is something that pushes you back. You got to go for it even when the hardest part is just starting. You don't even know who to call. You don't even know what books to read. You don't even have a mentor to get on the phone. You got no downtown connections. You got no line of credit. All you have is an undeniable belief in yourself that if I ever get this started, no devil in hell will be able to stop me from what it is that God has orchestrated for my life. For many years, I got it honestly, my dad used to collect antique cars and as a consequence, I began collecting antique cars. And I remember uh, I had an antique car and I had gone out of town and I came back and I uh, put the key in the ignition and uh, it didn't start, didn't kick over. I called AAA, AAA said because of the kind of car it is, the age of that car, uh, they cannot come, that I gotta find the specialist called the specialist over and when I called the specialist over uh, he came with all of his skills and all of his tools and all of his equipment and he says uh, Dr. Brown nothing is wrong with your car you just let it sit too long the only thing you have to do is keep starting it up I came to tell the devil don't let me get started I've been seated so long that you thought I was going to stay where I am. But I got 80 people who are in this room that knows once I get started, there is nothing that's going to be able to stop me. I'm telling you, you better start your engines because from now until December 31st, God said, whatever you go after, you are going to be more than a conqueror. The enemy wants you to be comfortable and to be satisfied. But those of y'all know if I start this business, if I start this book, if I start looking for another opportunity, it ain't nothing that's going to be able to stop me. I need you to just push on your neighbor and say, oh, you got to do is get started. If you get started today before the year is over, you're going to make more progress than you made in the last two years. All you got to do is get started. I dare to tell and shake your children and tell them all I need you to do is get started. You got more opportunities than your grandmother ever had. All you got to do is get started. With all, with all that you got going for you, it's hard for people to understand why betting on yourself feels like Russian roulette. Think how the children of Israel must have felt in Judges chapter 6 when the Lord allowed them to go through hardship for seven years. It is in the permissive will of God that they go through hardship for seven years. Whenever they planted, that's when 
no problems came. Whenever they watered, no problems came. The enemy only showed up for the children of Israel in Judges chapter 6 when it was harvest time. When it was time for them to collect is when the enemy would come in and scoop up everything. It happened for them for seven years. Every time they were in position for promotion and for increase and for overflow and for advancement, that's when the enemy would come in for seven years. I think I lost you. You don't even understand what has been happening in your life since 2016. Since 2016, the enemy strategically keeps coming in to snatch every opportunity away from you. But what the enemy doesn't understand is that the enemy is on a short leash. I don't want you to think it's going to always be like this. Maya Angelou said every cloud runs out of rain. And the enemy needs to know whatever he's going to take, he better take it in the next three months. But if I live to see January 1st, everything I prayed for, I struggled for, and I worked to get is getting ready to be mine. I don't know how y'all are containing yourself, but I came to make an announcement. Your season of seven years of loss are coming to an end. But everything you've been asking God for, God is getting ready to multiply it into your life. I don't know how you ain't shouting. You ain't taking another loss. You ain't dealing with another setback. With everything that you've been through, you still got your joy. Devil, don't you get too cocky thinking that you're going to keep taking from me. But I am around a tribe of conquerors that understand though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Would you look at your neighbor, tell him you're about to get it all back. I ain't talking about the last seven weeks. I'm not talking about the last seven months. But God said if you give me glory for everything you've been through in the last seven years, I am about to give it back to you. I'm going to give you your sleep back, your peace back, your mind back, your heart back, your money back. And all I came to tell you is don't wait till the battle is over. But shout right now like it's about to shift on your behalf. Seven years of loss. Seven years of loss. I don't know how you're going to respond to it, but I better throw it out here. That means God owes you seven years. God, y'all don't know when to scream right. The next seven years of your life are going to be so overwhelming with goodness and mercy that they're going to wipe out the last seven years. You better take a good look at me because this is the brokest I'm ever going to be in my life. When God gets finished restoring me after everything that was stolen from me, I don't even want what the devil stole. I want an upgraded replacement. Seven years, they keep taking loss after loss after loss. 
And the thing that we've got to ask is what changed God's mind? It took seven years, according to verse six in Judges six, it took seven years for them to cry out unto God. And when God heard their cry, he said, I got to do something to change their predicament and to change their plight and to change their position. There are people around you who don't understand why you cry out unto God in church. It's because they don't know how long you've been under duress, how long you've been under warfare, how long you've been under attack, how long you've been having to take the high road. But the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. I, I don't know where you are, but if there's somebody in the room that needs God to change your position, would you open up your mouth and just crying out to God? If you need God to do something on your behalf, would you lift up your voice like you need God to do it for you? They cried out unto God, and the angel of the Lord came down in response to their scream and landed on the property of a man by the name of Joash. And it's here on this property that we find his son, whose name is Gideon. He's threshing wheat in a wine press, hiding from the enemy. The question that begs to be asked is why is the son hiding when the father is present? Why is he afraid of the enemy when the father's natural position is supposed to be to protect? Might I posit that perhaps part of Gideon's problem is that he harbored what he heard from his parents. Adults, you gotta be cautious not to amputate adolescents' self-esteem so that they lose the ability to walk as adults. You can't tell them you wish they were never born and then act surprised when they live like they wanna die. If you tell a child they were a mistake, it'll be hard for them to find their purpose. You can't make them feel stupid because they are intelligent. You can't objectify them because of their appearance as if beauty is the only thing they have to offer. You can't ask where they got that from when they absorb like a sponge everything that they saw you do. I want you to lift up that hand. I heard God say something to me in prayer and I want you to receive it on this morning. I want you to lift up that hand in all seriousness. And this does not necessitate you looking at your neighbor because I need to say this to you. I want that hand lifted. I want to speak with the power of the Holy Spirit. May God robe you with everything you were stripped of as a child. God, I can't hear nobody in here. Whatever trauma you received in your childhood that made you second guess why you were different, why you were creative, why you were unique, may God robe you again with self-esteem. May God robe you so that you'll never feel as if you are an inconvenience. 
May God robe you where you'll never feel as if you have to suppress your brilliance and your intelligence. May God bless you that you'll never be ashamed of what you look like or what your body type is. May God bless you that you'll never feel inferior because you were darker or lighter or shorter or taller or thinner or fatter than anybody else in the family. May God perform open heart surgery. That whatever it is that you were denied in your childhood, God will restore it in your adulthood. And may the grace of God now rest on your children. I can't hear no worshipers that your children will never have a battle with their self-esteem. Your children will never cut themselves. Your children will never have to sleep with somebody to feel loved. Your children will never run into the arms of an illegal adult to find fatherly affection. May your children identify themselves as leaders and not as followers. And those of you who can hear the sound of my voice who know that the blood is strong enough to heal you from childhood trauma. Would you open up your mouth and give God the sound of worship even right now? Come on, I can't hear anybody. I said open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. I love myself. You ain't gotta like me. I love myself. I love how God created me. I love myself. I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. I love myself with all of my deficiencies and brokennesses. I still love myself. There Gideon is quaking in his boots thinking he's going to lose because that's all he's done over the last seven years. He doesn't even have a mind to fight back. He is convinced that victory is not even a possibility. When heaven observed his compromised posture, the angel of the Lord addressed him, hear this, as the kingdom saw him and proclaimed him, mighty warrior. I need you to see this. God is calling him a warrior and Gideon doesn't even have a sword. He's calling him a, a warrior. Hear this, and he's not even in uniform. He's calling him a warrior and he doesn't even have an army to back him up. But God sees his potential, sees what he can be if he just believed in himself. I'm telling you, God sees you not how the world sees you but he saw you while you were still in your mother's womb. I just wish you could see yourself the way God sees you. Do you really think God just wants you to be working for somebody else the rest of your life? Do you really think God just wants you paying rent somewhere else and not having your own? Do you really think your book is not supposed to be published and you are not supposed to open up trust accounts in LLC? I wish you would see yourself. He saw himself not as how God saw him, but he saw himself through the lens of seven years of trauma. It's through that radical revolutionary thinking that Marcus Garvey said to oppressed people, up you mighty people, accomplish what you will. And I, uh, 
I wrestled over this text. I wrangled over it. And uh, while I was preaching on faith for this whole series, it, uh, it arrested me and messed me up. And I, I wanted you to hear something that may be alien and foreign to your ears. But I wanted you to have it. Would you take that neighbor by the hand? I am. Um, this message is not mine. It's, it's a message from heaven. And regrettably, nobody told you this at 12. Nobody told you this at 15. Nobody told you at 30. For some of you, nobody ever told you at 70. But I needed you to hear it today. The Lord says to Gideon, Up, you mighty warrior. He said it while the enemy is around. Well, I was reading this, studying it, uh, what the Holy Spirit jumped off the page to speak to me, to tell you is what I've never heard in all of my life. And that is, God has faith in you. Did, did, did you hear what I just said? God believes in you more than you believe in yourself. I don't know how you are sitting there with your composure together, but I need you to look at your neighbor and say, do you know God has faith in you? He, he has faith in you that you're gonna be better than your trauma, that you are not gonna be swallowed up by anxiety. He has faith in you that you're gonna be more than a conqueror. He's got faith in you that you are better than where you are right now. He's got faith in you. Marvin Sapp says, he, he saw the best in me. When everybody saw the worst in me. I need you to unleash that neighbor's hand. I need you to lay hands on yourself and declare out loud, he's got faith in me. I want you to see how much faith he has in him. He says to Gideon, get up, watch this, and go in the strength you already have. In other words, nothing extra needs to be added to you. Everything you need for what you are going through right now is already in you. All you got to do is activate it. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I hate the fact that your enemies see your strength more than you see it in yourself. They hope you never realize how powerful you are. Says if you get up and go in the strength that you have, he says in no uncertain terms, watch this, I am going to raise up an army of 300. Says Gideon, I know you don't know how to fight. So I'm gonna surround you with people who are good at it. Oh my God. So you ain't gotta do nothing but stand in your anointing. Y'all still don't know when to shout. I came to tell somebody in this season of your life, when you flow in your gift, you ain't even gonna have to defend yourself. God is gonna raise up people.
that says, I dare you to talk about them in front of me. I, I dare you to try to scandalize their name and try to tear apart their vision. I got something great in store for them. And this is the last time, the last time I'll ask you to be seated. I said, I need you to see who you are because your dad, Gideon, your dad's name will never be called again. I am using you to rewrite the trajectory of your family history. Oh, oh my God. There is so much riding on you and the attack on your life has been so intense because the devil recognizes who you are. You are a generational curse breaker that when you stand in your anointing, whoever has your bloodline is getting ready to walk in a different anointing. And so when I shout, I am not shouting for nothing material. I am shouting, I hope y'all get on this, I am shouting to stop the attack on my family. That whatever my family been dealing with over the last seven years, it comes to an end today. I don't know where y'all are, but you better open up your mouth and let the enemy know whatever you tried over the last seven years, it comes to an end today. Lift up your voice like you are anointed to shift atmosphere. You are. Lift up that hand. Generational curses are being broken in this room today. Oh my God. The enemy thought because of what he got away with over the last seven years, it was gonna keep the handling in that same direction. But when you lift up your voice today, a army is rising up to stop going to war. Y'all didn't hear me. I said, when you open up your mouth, an army of angels are going to war for your son. An army of angels are going to war for your daughter. An army of angels are going to war for your mom. I need you to open up your mouth. Satan, we ain't rolling over and playing there. You almost tricked me out of my inheritance. But for God I live. I pray over every lifted hand for your self-esteem to be restored. That you'll believe in yourself. Believe in your assignment. Believe in your gift. Believe in your call. 
and believe in your anointing that you are going to outlive the past seven years of your life. And those of you who have every ounce of confidence of the God that is in you, would you give God the sound of thanksgiving even right now for... Come on, I said for the God that is in you. You sound defeated. I need to hear the sound of those of you who are more than a conqueror for the God that is in you. I don't know where it is that you are, where you found yourself. Can you imagine that God used as a spokesperson somebody who had a speech impediment? says, I am using you as my ambassador, even though you stutter. He had every reason to have low self-esteem. Can you imagine, ladies and gentlemen, he says, I'm going to use David, even though you've never mastered your flesh. And the only thing that I can find on your resume is that you learned how to play the harp. Can you imagine that when God chose you to do something outlandish, he already knew what your weakness was. He already knew what your brokenness was and he already knew what you endured as a teenager and said, I still choose you. I hope you are energized that you don't need an energy drink. What you just heard should have you off and running, chasing your dreams, pursuing your purpose, and answering your call. If this was a blessing, share it with somebody else. Don't be selfish. This is what God gave you so that you can be a blessing to somebody who needs it worse.